to go downtown. Downtown, hey! Downtown. You're about to go downtown. Hi, King. How are you doing tonight? What's up? I'm glad to be here. Can you hear me okay? I can. Can you hear me? I know sometimes my, my, my speaker in and out. Okay. You're perfect. Cool. And I know my nails are looking kind of green. I boxed down some curry goat for dinner, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up. I like green, though, so we're good. We're good. All right. <laughs> so did you, what time is it over where you're at now? Um, it's 9 p.m. here, too. I'm, um, I'm in North Carolina, so it's still Eastern time. Okay. I'm not really strong with the whole time zone, so I know some parts in the States is usually different. So I yep. thought I'd ask. And shout out to everyone out there in North Carolina, everyone, South Carolina, the whole Carolina. No beef, no shade, no tea. So I want to set the tone that way with this track right here. I found my favorite in your catalog. You know? Okay. And like you said, in Sour Grapes, you know, why my song can't be your favorite? Well, I found one of my favorites. So we're going to let it ride, okay? Okay, that's what's up. <laughs> It'll never be the same as no, that track right there, you guys make sure stream all platforms, search the fat boy, fat boy one word. This music will come up. And you guys definitely stream. That was toast because I don't want to get taken down. <laughs> so I won't play anymore. But how are you right. doing? Like, congratulations on all the music you've been putting out. I see last year you really went hard in the paint. 2020, you really went hard. So, like, what sparked that momentum to be like, I'm going to go harder than the other years? Um. So, really, it started in about 2018, really. Um, and... I'm, I'm not, I don't have like a one set thing. Um, it was kind of like a, a few different things, but I think the number one thing was that I started to, for lack of a better phrase, I started to find the revenue in it a little bit. Um, as far as like some of the business stuff. So I was, it was, it wasn't so much of like, I'm going to go harder with the music more so as, okay, I've learned some business stuff. So let me go a little harder with that and try to focus a little bit more on that. So, um, you know, and, and when that came, that came down to, you know, everything from like copyrights and PRO registration mm -hmm. all the way to, you know, royalties and stuff like that. So, I mean, I started, you know, just finding a little bit of the money and it was like, hey, I can, you know, this, this can pay some bills. So <laughs> let me go a little harder. And it's beautiful <laughs> that you can take your art and your craft and something you're actually passionate about. And when you start to see that income, you know, everyone here, they kind of, they know my story. So I definitely champion that. And I'm happy you found a way, even if it's, even if it's $10, like you're still making right. money off of something you love. So I, I totally champion that. Um, speak on how important it was for you, though, to understand getting your business in order. Um, so like. That's kind of how I started before I even like released anything um, way back when I would like skip class at school and go to the library and be on the computer Googling, you know, how do record contracts work? How do royalties work? How do you know? Because I knew absolutely nothing. And I didn't really have anybody at the time that could that could teach me that kind of thing. So I knew a little bit of it. Um, and and then I'm I'm a learner. You know what I mean? So even past that, you know, years go by and I'm, you know, rapping and everything. And I, I, you know, pick up a little bit more information here and there, a little bit. Okay. How do I, I know how to fill out this. I know how to do that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and so it kind of built from there, but what really galvanized it was this year. Um, I take a lot of master classes, um, read a lot of literature. Like I'm one of them guys that when, 
you scrolling down Instagram and you get one of them, uh, take my master class, free master class hey. to learn. I mean, hey. right. I, I do them things. I sign up for them and I'll sit there and I'll watch them and I'll take notes and everything. But I went to, um, I actually went to one physically in Charlotte, North Carolina, hosted by DJ Chuck T. And he, um, it's called the foundation of music. And he literally like, he, he walks you through, I mean, you know, he walks you through the, the more of the business side than like producing music and everything. Um, very knowledgeable cat. I would recommend artists to definitely hit him up, but that really kind of set a fire under me. It was like, okay, a few of the puzzle pieces that I were, that I was missing kind of really came about. So, um, where 2020 was more so about building my catalog more and having more content. So when people do come to check me out, there's something, something to look at. To listen to. Yeah. Right. Um, 2020, mid-2021 up until now has been really more so about, um, you know, uh, uh, trademarks, LLCs, um, um, copyrights, you know, really... I mean, the boring stuff. Let's just keep it honest. The boring stuff. You're filling out paperwork. You're sending in music and waiting for people to respond back. It might not be the most glamorous, entertaining part of the, of the business. But, right. It's, ne it's ne a necessary evil. So um, that's kind of what that was. I'm just, I'm on a build mission. No, talk that talk. Here at Downtown World, we say eat fruit, mind your business. And you're definitely giving a lot of fruit tonight, you know? Um, <laughs> the mistake I feel like a lot of artists make is, I get it, you could rap, it's on a fire beat, but there's so much more. Like, the talent is only about 5 to 10% of that, in my humble opinion, and just what I've seen. And it's more who you know, where you can get in, and how much you can put up, you know? So the fact that you're here and you're not ashamed to let others know like i invested in myself i yeah. invested in my education and to make sure that no one as much as possible can take advantage of me you know i just watched the king richard movie with venus and serena williams and their father yeah, that story yeah. you know and there was the scene for those of you spoiler alert when like nike comes in and he's all like yo i got three mil for you you know, and Kim Richard, he, Mr. Williams, he hands the contract to his daughter. And he's like, you read this. And we're like, she's 14. But it's like, when you got your mind trained, it doesn't matter how old you are or where you're at. Like, no one can take advantage of you. So major key. And, and you get that even, you know, even at a, at a, I still consider myself pretty uh, indie, pretty small time, you know, um, for lack of better phrase. But even at, at, at the level that I'm currently at, it's like once you kind of start picking up some of those pieces and cutting out some of those middlemen, you start to really realize that you do have the ability to discern. Now it's not, oh, I got to do this show because that's what you're supposed to do and I just have to. Now it's like, if I want to, I will. If I don't want to, I don't have to. I'm not going to suffer if I don't show up. You know, and that's kind of across the board. I mean, you could kind of choose who you want to work with and what you want to do. Um, so I definitely tell artists, and going back to what you were saying, that's the perfect phrase, invest in yourself. And it doesn't always have to be millions of dollars, but, I mean, anything that can move the peg along, if you've got an extra $20 after you get paid, you know, throw it on some good quality graphics or, or some studio time or something like that. You know what I mean? No, I definitely agree. And, you know, you said, are you based out of, because um, sometimes I know I see you read Baton, Baton Rouge. Am I saying it correctly? Oh, Baton Rouge. No, that's Baton just the name Rouge? of it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, Chris, my guys. So, where, where just, do you represent for, would you say? Um, I'm from Greensboro, North Carolina. That's where I'm, that's where I'm originally from. I'm not based there, but I'm not far from there. I'm still in North Carolina for sure. So that's where I'm from, Greensboro, North Carolina. Shout out my Greensboro folks, 336. <laughs> no, shout out to you guys. And the more I grow, you know, within learning music, like North Carolina has a lot of history. And I think people don't really give it as much respect as when it comes to, you know, the music game as much as maybe people should, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. How, that, yeah. What were you going to say? I was going to say that's, that's true. Um, you know, me aside, I see a lot of talent. You know, I go to shows and I hear music. Like, I really do digest other artists. Yeah, I buy other active. artists. You're active. Yeah, so it's like I see a lot of talent. I see a lot of great performers. I see a lot of great musicians. And not even just hip-hop and R&B, but I've met some dope guitar players. I've met some dope, uh, uh, you know, bands and singers and dancers and graffiti artists. I mean, there's a lot of talent. And it feels like they're starting to look now, especially after Cats Like the Baby and J. Cole. Now they're starting to look this way a little bit more. It's like, okay, there's really some talent because there's a lot of people. There, yeah. Right. So I'm definitely excited to to be a part of that, no matter what scale. And I want to correct you on something you said earlier, because you say you're kind of small town indie, but you're not, you know, because you've really been putting in your work and I'm here all the way in Toronto, Canada, and we are able to connect and I enjoy your music. So to me, that's not small. We're not that close to each other so you got to give yourself you know those wins no matter how small or big and i'm learning a lot yes it's to be humble but also like you got to remind yourself because no one's going to actively tell you what you accomplish and how well you're doing so you definitely have to remind yourself like yo i had an interview this week with someone in toronto canada did you straight up (laughs) And that goes, and that goes, that goes hand in hand because I do try to be humble, um, especially to be honest. It's the same way. There's a lot of talent in North Carolina. You can get a lot of hate. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, and I mean that's really anywhere. So I'm not just gonna call out, you know, this area specifically. But it's your um, experience. Right. So you know, I try to, I try to not be all Hollywood with it. Like, yeah, I'm da 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 da. But at the same time, it goes back to, uh, like we were saying about the business side of it, there there are dozens, hundreds, thousands of artists that have never made one red penny off of a song. You know what I mean? So even if you make a dollar, $10, you're already ahead of like 50% of the game. You know what I mean? So yeah, it counts. But I, I just try to be humble. I try not to to, to, to brag and, you know. So I'd love to know uh, Fat Boy. Is it okay that I call you that? Yeah, yeah. For sure. Okay, so listening to your catalog, right? I really do admire, I love your beat selection. I personally, I am like a fan of like your type of rap. So I am a bit, I guess, um, biased in saying that. But also, I love your tone. You know, you have like a sexy, like cruisy tone. It kind of gives me, I don't want to say any names, you know, but it, I'll, I'll leave it at that. And as well, I admire your vocabulary. Where does that stem from for you? Do you read a lot? Do you like? I do. Because um, like I said, I, I digest a lot of information. I actually stop, like, I call it research and development. Like, I'll read articles and I'll read books. I'm currently reading um this is one I recommend to all artists, and I just started reading it, but it's already like a treasure trove of information. But it's called I'm Everything You pen. Need to Know. Huh? I said I'm grabbing my pen. Oh, <laughs> it's called Everything You Need to Know About the Music Business. I think that's the title. Um, and it's by Donald S. Passman, P-A-S-S-M-A-N. Um, so I read and I study. But even before that, like, my dad always had an extensive vocabulary when we were kids because he was always reading. And then it kind of just passed down. But then I started writing. And that really helped the vocabulary. Like, I started writing rhymes when I was, like, 10 years old. And so, you know, years and years and years of writing, you pick up new words and you add new words and you learn what words you already knew but may not have known the definition. Like, and so it... Rap also helps with articulation when you really work on the craft. Yeah, and like, what inspired you to even start writing at 10? Because, you know, for me, you know, my mom, I'm first generation, um, like, my mom's Jamaican. I'm first generation, like, in Canada for my family. And, like, not being able to have a babysitter all the time or whatever, like, I was submerged in entertainment and BT and, like, the stuff that we had access to, you know? So now what I'm doing is not quite a surprise to everyone because I've always kind of been 
interested in these things, right? So for you starting at 10, like what, what sparked that for you to like, just start writing rhymes or, you know? <laughs> so probably, I want to say like the summer before um, I started writing rhymes, I, I you know, I, we used to go to my grandma's house every summer for, for summer vacation when we were kids. And that was the summer that I first, I mean, I had heard hip hop, I had heard of hip hop, but I hadn't really given it too much, you know, credence. Um, and so I heard Notorious B.I.G. or I saw the video for Hypnotize. I'm dating myself right now. <laughs> but, I, but I saw that video and that was, it was representation for me because that was the first time that I saw somebody that, you know, looked close to me. Like, I usually see, like, LL Cool J or yeah. Trench from Naughty by Nature, you know. And even when it came to big dudes, you had, like, Heavy D, each suave and light skin with the curl and, the, yeah. you know what I mean? So B.I.G. was the first time I saw somebody that, you know, you look like a regular guy. Like, you look like a guy that would be, you know, on the block or something like that. And that kind of that kind of lit a fire. But... For me, hip-hop started, as far as me writing, as a way to express. It was self-expression. Hip-hop was my journal for a long time. Um, I was a 10-year-old kid. Some stuff you got going on may not seem important to, you know, the adults or even the older kids around you. And so that was kind of the way I unloaded. And honestly, the first song that I had wrote was a song about sex because that was actually around the time that I lost my virginity being fast. Yeah. Um, and I definitely couldn't talk to my mom or dad or my grandma about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I broke out the notebook and the pen and, and, you know, went with that. And at first it was just like, you know, I'm just getting it off my chest and it's kind of fun and that, that. but you know, I started, you know, I'll kick some freestyles for friends or, or let somebody read some rhymes in the notebook or, you know, little stuff like that. And people were like, yo, this is actually pretty hot. This is actually pretty hot. And it just kind of kept going from there. I'm like, okay, people actually like my little ramblings. I didn't even know how to write bars back then. It was just, I was writing paragraphs that rhymed. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I definitely wrote a 16 or two, and I will never bring it to light. So totally understand. <laughs> <laughs> You know, when we think about, like, Black history, everything happening, there's always something happening. But, you know, I'm in full agreement that while we have Black History Month, this month should definitely be Black Future Month as well. You know, there's so much White people history. out there doing amazing things that are, like, contributing to the culture and pushing us forward. And, you know, who are some people that you would say, like, musically, Black history-wise, it's huge. Right. Probably I couldn't even get as far as I have had there not been a Drake. You know what I mean? And like you said in one of his songs, you know, it's not about who did it first, it's, not, it's about who did it right. So not to say there wasn't people before in Canadian history, but he's really someone that I would say really propelled it and clearly took it to heights that no one else from this side of the border has. Who would some of those people like be for you? Um, so I'm going to give you two. There's a two-part answer to that one. I have some personal ones that I have some personal ones that I like actually saw growing up. And then I have my my industry ones. Um, going with the industry, Petey Pablo would have been my Drake for you because he was when he first came out, I'm sitting after school watching BET one day. And all of a sudden, I hear, North Carolina, come on and raise. I lost it. I lost it. I was in the living room on my feet, hands in the air, whatever shirt, bandana, rag, whatever I had handy right. I'm spinning it like a helicopter, baby. So that was 
you know, that was for me was the breakout. Like somebody from North Carolina, even okay. Um, so that was my industry one, like the big one um, that really made made it seem like some of this stuff was really possible without um, necessarily going and because before that it seemed like everybody was going to New York and they had to rep some other place besides North Carolina. So now it was like, yo, he's screaming North Carolina on the song. I'm with it. Um, and then personally, um, there were cats in the area like, um, shout out to my man, Dana Lucci, first RIP. Um, he was a big influence to not just me, but the scene in Greensboro. And I think a lot of people didn't realize that until he passed a couple, couple few years ago. Yeah. Um, time flies. But, you know, he, he, he really like he 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 would pull artists to the side and like really give you the game as far as he knew it. Like he would he would give you tips on putting together your studio. He used to make some killer beats and he would get artists together to do like compilations and stuff like that. But even before I actually met him, I him and his camp. Um, shout out to Selinski. Um, shout out to Osha Baz, R.I.P. But that whole uh, ninth floor camp in Greensboro, like I that was the first independent local cats that I saw that were putting out their own CDs in stores that were putting out their own flyers and posters that were putting together their own shows. And, and, you know, it was like, for me, a lot of it is you can do it. You can really do it. Like, you know, you hear about cats doing it, but then when you can see cats in your city, doing it, um, Brandon D was another one. He used to ride around with the rap truck that had his, um, you know, his, his CD cover and everything on it, like stuff like that. When you're a teenager and you're just really getting started, like that's major. Like, yo, people in the city are actually doing it. I don't have to go to LA. I don't have to go to Atlanta. You could do it right here in the city. And that was major. So that's a lot of what I try to represent now. Um, you know, I'm not the best looking dude. I'm not the muscular dude. You know what I mean? But at the same time, I definitely I can do, get out here. Know, and do it. it is big boy season. So right. It is. <laughs> it is working. Like use that to your advantage, you know, because I don't think oh, it's yeah. like how it was at one point where. Oh, yeah. But that but that's what I'm saying. Like when I first started, it wasn't big boy season like that. <laughs> and what yeah. I, I, I've. I've for the longest now I've wanted to be, you know, maybe that beacon for somebody else. Like even if I don't ever make a million dollars and have screaming fans in the mall, like that's all well and good. If somebody else can see me and be like, bruh, if this dude can get on the camera and do music videos and TikToks and all that stuff, I can do it. You know what I mean? And that's really the message. Like I want people to know that it's okay to be you. And to do you the way that you know how to do it, somebody going to feel it. Somebody going to rock with it. Real spit. So a standard question that I ask all my guests here, you know, the platform is downtown world. Don't waste no time with negativity. That is right. the acronym, you know. And I'd love to know, what is the situation where, hands down, bad boy, it was definitely negative. No questions asked about it. But somehow, some way, you found a way not to waste any time with negativity. Um, <laughs> this is an easy one. There has been two times in my career up until now where I actually got booed off stage. Jeez. Um, one time, the first time, actually, I was still a teenager and we had gotten a gig at like the, the county fair or something like that. Um, and this was our fault. This was our fault because we had stuff, we had music, we had songs, we had sent them some music, they knew what to expect, and literally the night before, me and the other guys I was in a group with at the time, we sat up and it was already like midnight the night before, and we were like, yo, let's write a totally new song to perform. Out of the blue, I'm looking back now like, smack yourself, you know what I mean? <laughs> But we did it, and we wrote a song that night, picked a beat that night, wrote a song that night, and we were like, yo, we're going to... So we stayed up all night writing, and then we stayed up half the day trying to memorize this song. And it was a disaster from jump. Like, And we got there, and one of my one of my partners that I was with was... He backed out, He got because it was his first performance, and so he got cold feet. So it was just me and my other homeboy. We went up there, and we didn't know what we were doing and the lyrics were bad and 
the beat, you know, it was, we didn't record anything. You know, it, we, this was our fault for sure. And so probably about two minutes into the performance, you hear a couple people just boo, boo. And then the whole crowd starts to pick it up. And I'm, you know, it hurt. I mean, let's keep it real. It hurt. But I didn't waste time on the negativity because, like I keep saying, it was our fault. You know what I mean? I take we we took accountability for it. We you knew better than this, and we tried it anyway. So the second time, um, the second time I was at like an Apollo, a Showtime at the Apollo kind of deal. Um, it was like a contest thing, and I had actually made it through the first couple of rounds. Um, but then I got, you know, we got to the end where it was like, okay, this is the one, you know, we're picking the finalists here. So competition was tougher and the crowd was a little tougher. And, um, when, you know, when I went and performed the song, it just, it, I think I had switched, um, cause I had performed one song for the first couple rounds. And then I was like, I want to do something different. Like, I don't want to bore them with the same song. So I picked a different song. Um, and honestly, it just didn't hit the same as the other one was. And so I got booed off stage. Keep it real. Um, only happened those two times. It's a fun, they're funny stories now at the time it hurt. You know what I mean? But it's a part of it. You know what I mean? I'm, everybody's not going to like your stuff. You just really, as an artist, man, woman, or child, whatever genre, you just really going to have to suck that up because some people are going to tell you, and some people, I've literally had somebody be like, yeah, I listened to it. I wasn't really impressed. Like, it just happens, you know. So you, you, definitely, gotta... need, you definitely need a thick skin. And yep. I always, like, that is something that, like, thoroughly annoys me a lot with artists sometimes. Because, like, when I'm into an artist, I'm into an artist. So especially if I know they have a show coming, like, in my mind, I'm already like, all right. They should be performing this, they should be performing this. Right. And I'm not even talking about all the hit records. You know what I mean? Because I'd be like in the B sides, the C sides. But it's just like, sometimes in my mind, I'm like, why would you perform this song? You know? So hearing a bit of an explanation from your side, I guess I have a bit more <laughs> sympathy and understanding towards that now. But I get it. You want people to hear your different stuff or things like that. And you you got to gauge it, right? Because sometimes it can work for you. Sometimes it can work against you so what would you say you would do differently like now that you know better um especially using those two instances there's no way in heck i'm gonna come up with a song the night before and think i'm gonna hit the stage with it it's just not gonna happen you won't catch me you know there might be a song that i already have and i'm like okay i'm gonna switch that in for this you know what I mean? I might do that, um, especially if it's one that's kind of performing well and people like a lot. Um, but generally, you know, I have my certain set. And then that's the other thing is when when they like a song, I keep it. I just keep it. You know what I mean? Um, for example, and I was just talking to one of my friends about this the other night. My song 1993 is probably my top performance track. Like, that's the track people, I, I actually have people at this point, when I go to perform, if there's people there that know me and know my catalog a little bit, they're like, bro, you, I know you're going to do 1993. You got to do 1993, right? Like, that's my joint. So I actually was telling my friend the other day, I, I, I've been trying to take it out of the rotation for performances because it's it's been out since like 2018 and I have newer stuff. But, I mean... I'm not going to not do the song that people are explicitly requesting. Like, even if I have a game plan to where I'm like, I'm not going to do this song this time. I'm not going to do 1993. As soon as somebody's like, yo, I know you're going to do that 1993, right? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do 1993. Well, you know, even when you think about, like, Hope, right? Because I listen to a lot of Hope. And, you know, definitely, I, I'm pretty sure he doesn't really feel like performing tracks off of Reasonable Doubt or oh, Blueprint, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. but, nigga, you ain't got a, you ain't got a choice. Like, we need to right. hear those <laughs> tracks. Like, you know what I mean? So I really, I understand as an artist, you have to push forward, but I guess it's all about, as well, finding that balance in between. I mean, like, all right, I'm going to give you a bit of the new, but here's the shit that I know you guys really, really 
want to hear. And sometimes it's just that moment of like, you've been listening to the song over and over again, and you're finally there with the artist. And it's so beautiful sometimes to even hear the crowd, like they're singing it louder than you, but like, it's just a moment I feel like more artists need to embrace and take that as part of like the gift and the currency to what they're doing, you know? Right, I totally agree. And I've had, um, I had that happen one time to where um, I was at a, I was at a, I had actually won an award that night. Um, this was a while ago. And I go out on stage. I was the first performer of the night. And um, I had a single called Sumo at the time, which was like the one that everybody had kind of flocked to. And like, as soon as the beat started, you know, there were people in the audience that were like, Sumo, you know, like they knew. And, and, they didn't know all the words, but then when the hook came up, they were like, I'm going sumo. And like, I, there were at least, you know, 25 people in that audience. And it was probably like, I want to say it was a crowd of maybe like 500. Um, so it was a pretty sizable group. And then to have like a, a little chunk of them to actually know some of the words, like, it was actually, I, I was taken aback and I actually had to like refocus and keep doing the song because when they started singing with me, it was like, yo, I never thought, you know, like you, 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 you just don't know. You don't know that you people are listening. To and it is also like a personal connection because I'm sure when you think about where you were at or what you were doing when you wrote that record, Sumo, you know what I mean? It, it hits more for you when you see people connect with it. I would oh, yeah. like to know uh, if you could change something about the music industry, given the power of that boy, what would you change? Um, I'm going to be honest. A lot lately, um, I've been starting to like digest other artists' ads and, and look at like their marketing and their stream numbers and stuff like that. And I'm realizing that a lot of like the most talented artists, like some of the best music I'm hearing from indie artists right now, um, they don't have like the biggest following. I know I heard one song earlier today, I don't remember the name of it or the artist, forgive me, but it was so good. It was like a singer and it was like a real, uh, a somber track and it was, you know, she was singing her heart out. She only had like 336 followers on her page. And so I'll, if I could change something in the music industry today, it would be to make it less numbers driven. Yeah. People see 10.5K followers or 10.5K streams or whatever, and they're like, yo, I got to put this guy on my show. I have to get this guy for the... And then, you know, once the show's over with, you get the, man, some of y'all artists can't even sell five tickets to a show but got 10,000 views. And it's like, well, you know, you went off of internet numbers and let's keep it real. Them numbers lie a lot of the times. People can, you can buy those numbers. You can, people say men lie, women lie, numbers don't lie. Well, in 2022, them numbers are lied to you because you can pay for them. You know what yeah. I mean? So, um, and so I think I would make it less numbers driven. I would take it back to where people actually go and listen to the artist or at the very least, listen to the artist's fan base, like see what they're, the people that are around them have to say about the music. Um, more so than just, oh, I found this guy on Spotify, the song, but, but it has 15,000 views or 15,000 streams. You know what I mean? It's So I think that would be my big change. A couple of months ago, I had the honor of uh, interviewing Paul Porter, and he was a huge uh, executive producer and TV producer over at BT. A lot of a lot of the times when we were watching it, you know, and he spoke on that, where it's just like the industry they have all these farms and these graphs and charts to calculate. Oh, this is what you should put, and this is what this audience needs. And he was like, "Bro." You can hear a hit. When you hear a hit, you know a hit. I don't need a computer to tell me it's a hit. You know what I mean? Right. That's why I pride myself a lot on building relationships with kings and queens like yourself because that's something no one can say I've ever done where I've looked at the numbers and been like, okay, I'm talking to you based off of this. You know what I mean? I really do take the time to be like, 
are you serious or not? That's my only main question to myself while interviewing someone because it's heartbreaking if I go back a couple years from now or even a couple months, weeks at times, and then you're not doing it. And I'm just like, bro, I believed in you. Like, well, what's happening, you know? And consistency is something that a lot of these artists, I feel like, struggle with, you know? What are one of the things you feel like, bad boy, that helps you to remain consistent or be consistent? And in that moments when you're not feeling it, explain to me as much as you can, like, how do you keep going? Um... So to answer the first part of the question, how do I stay consistent? A lot of the times, a plan. Um, I try to do as much of my stuff in advance as I humanly can so that then when it's time to do it, I could just pull the trigger and keep it moving instead of trying to come up with something on the fly to throw up and you know what I mean? Um, and keep it real. Sometimes I do have to come up with stuff on the fly. There are times where I'll make the plan I try to do my planning at the end of the previous year. So then when the next year starts, I can just jump in. Yeah. Um, but there's sometimes where I'm like, okay, the plan is solid. And then I'll get like seven, eight months into the year and everything I had on the list has kind of run out. You know what I mean? Um, or it didn't stretch as long as I had originally planned it to or something like that. And so now I'm having to go back to the drawing board on the fly. So I definitely try to do as much in advance to help with that consistency because then you got stuff locked and loaded and you just push the button. Um, and then the second part of that question of how do I, you know, when, when it gets low um, and when things don't seem to be moving, how do I keep the motivation? And for me, there are two big things. The first thing I tell Everybody, not even just artists, everybody that's trying to like pursue their dream, their career, their whatever, you have to have passion. And when I say that, people go, oh, yeah, well, you that's a no brainer. You just you, we know that like, no, because you have to want to do this when it's high and you're overwhelmed and six people want your attention at the same time. And you have a show and you're battling anxiety and you got to find a sitter for your kid. You still have to want to do this. And then conversely, when nobody's calling, when no money's coming in, when there are no shows, when the plan has not stretched as far as you wanted to go, you still have to want to do it. You know what I mean? And a lot of people are like, I ain't making no money. I'm about to quit. Like, okay, that's fine. You know what I mean? That's, that's, that's your choice. But the passion won't allow you to quit. Um, the second part of that is like you said earlier, celebrate your small wins. Really, like, you know, I I, I celebrate everything. I know um, there was one earlier. I'm trying to remember what I posted earlier, but I had posted one of my small wins earlier, but I was, you know, um, oh, oh, um, I'm over 350 views organically on my, on, on the One Night in Baton Rouge music video. Congratulations. Hey, you know and, and, I know for, you know, a lot of cats, that's not really a lot, you know, whatever. But to me, like, I, I, I like to frame certain things, you know what I mean? And it's like, if you, like I said on a previous interview, if you put your music video on a random TV in Best Buy, right? And you get 350 people in that Best Buy throughout the day to stop and watch that music video or over the week, or whatever. They've stopped and watched that. They've, they've stopped and digested what you have on that TV. You would be proud of your stuff. You would be like, bro, that's that's a lot of people that stopped and checked in to watch my little random video on Best Buy TV. But because it's on YouTube, and it's not 10,000 paid streams or whatever, you know what I mean? People yeah. are like, oh, it ain't good enough. You're not doing nothing. But it's like, yeah, yeah. a lot of people don't see the work you have to put behind that to get 350 people to even know that it's available, let alone to go and watch it. You know what I mean? So that's a small win for me. And, and you know, now I've started, I put some ads behind it and everything. So I'm expecting it to go higher than that. But I always try to do that. Right. I always try to do that initially, though. Like, if I can just if I can get my people on it, you know what I mean? And get them to listen to it and get them to, to stream it and share it. And, you know, that's a good start. And then when I go to add to do the ads, it drives me crazy when I see an artist that has like 25,000 streams and you got like two comments or you got five likes. And it's like, 
These are the numbers they're going to go off of, though. He got 10,000 streams. I got to put him on the show and then can't sell five tickets. And now you're making posts and you're mad because the artist done wasted your time and money. But the cat with 350 views, and I think I got like 53 comments now and, you know, 20-some or 53 likes, 20-some comments. Like, that's not a lot in the grand scheme of things. It is. But in the sense of, putting in the work in the sense of the amount of people that have gone to listen um, versus how many of them have actually liked it, how many have commented, how many have shared. It's, you know, it's pretty good in the framing sense of it. So that's another thing I tell artists to do to keep the motivation is frame it. You know what I mean? Like, how is this working in reference to you? You know what I mean? Like, going back to the whole business thing. Yeah, Going back that's to the definitely whole my mindset as well, you know, like, especially for me, you know, downtown world is 1000% organic, whatever platform you see us on, whether it's YouTube, Twitter, right here on Instagram, everything really gotten out of the mud, you know, and sometimes, you know, hater energy, which is bound to happen, you know, when people try to diss me. The first thing they want to come up with is, oh, get your streams up or whatever. But I'm like, bro, my streams are up. I'm a young black girl from Toronto, Canada, from the hood. Nobody <laughs> know me. My mom never let me go outside. I had to go to church every week. Like, this is a lot for me. Like, the fact that, you know what I mean? I got different things and different people are tuning in. So definitely, like, don't let nobody downplay you. And I'm letting you know as someone that people could possibly look at my numbers at times and feel like, oh, she ain't really getting it. Like, we getting it. You're getting it. Right. And don't let anybody fool you because though we may have 8K on our way to nine, like, I know that's real people. Real people real. I made connections with. Like, you know what I mean? Everything is authentic. And like you say, when it comes to the real life, because <laughs> a lot of this VR and metaverse is fooling people, when it comes to real life and you really got to do shows and things like that, like, and nobody comes, you're wondering why nobody's buying tickets. Like, it's because you have no authentic connection and i've been you know i've been that artist again like that's another one of those things that i had to learn and develop i've been that artist that was like man i only got 25 likes and i only have a thousand followers and man i gotta make this i gotta fluff it you know what i mean i gotta make this look like this that and the third and then they watch it right you know what I mean? But then the reality of it is, even if the number says 5,000 views, the reality is the same 200, 300, 500 people are the only ones that really saw it anyway. And then you got a bunch of phone farm bots and you might get your stuff snatched down. So I was like, you know what? Instead of trying to doctor it and make it look like da 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 for the sake of this DJ, promoter, gatekeeper or whatever, I'm going to just rock with who rock with me and just embrace it. If I get 10 views, if I get 10,000 views, thank you. It's real people. I appreciate it. I didn't pay for no streams. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I just did a post. I think it was today or yesterday. I just did a post and I only got eight likes. You want to know how many shares I seen on that post? Like something like 50 something posts. I'm like, y'all niggas be preening the shit out of me, but nobody wants to like publicly show it you know so you see your numbers you know what's real and i'm here to confirm for you just keep doing what you're doing i really love how you're running your program and how you know you're organized i'm living your color aesthetic you got real people behind you shout out to everyone in here coming in and out and showing you love and those are the moments that really matter you know what i mean and building an impression with people sometimes when you're performing in that empty bar and it's only three or four you never know out of those three or four people, who knows who? And especially in this music industry, you will learn. You never know who knows who. So That's definitely right. just like be yourself all the time because people will see that and they'll call you out on that. So Fat Boy, you got it. You definitely got it. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> definitely. Um, I wanted to also ask you, you know, you mentioned mental health, and that's something we take very seriously over here, you know, especially, you know, with our Black Kings. I, I fear for you guys because I feel like, when do you ever really tell us what you feel? And, 
you know, it's it's getting really scary more than normal, if that's a mm, yeah. if that's the best way to put it, you know? Yeah. What are your thoughts about like mental health? How are you practicing self-care for you in your life? For real for real, don't give me no fake answer, you know? And is that something you're paying attention to? Um so First of all, I like that it's become more of uh, uh, of an accepted topic. Yeah. Um, I like that it's, there's not so much stigma to it. Um, so now when you say mental health, people don't automatically think, oh, you need a shrink. Oh, you're crazy. Yeah. People think, okay, you know, there's something there. You, we need to figure it out and we need to work on it. So I definitely appreciate that that's become a topic. Um, However, I do think there's still a long way to go for it to be an actual practice, if that makes sense. So, like, online, everybody's talking about it. It's definitely more of a topic of discussion. More people are weighing in and chiming in on it. But in actual practice, um, a lot of people still hold a lot of the same stigmas that they had 3, 5, 10, 20, 50 years ago. Um, it's crazy. I actually worked as a security guard in a mental health ward at um, the local hospital here for a little while. And it's, it's sad to see that the way we treat mental health in America hasn't today hasn't progressed that far from when they had like sanitariums and stuff back in like the 1800s. It just, the general premise is to kind of lock them away, sweep it under the rug and kind of hope it goes away or punk some medicine at it. And it's, it's really sad. Um, I think, I think, and going specifically into like me now, I like that male mental health is even a topic at all because it wasn't long ago that nobody, you didn't even think about it. Like it, not only was it not being discussed, but it wasn't even being thought about or, or considered. Um, not long ago. So now it's nice that, you know, people are noticing it. But again, in actual ground level practice, there's a long way to go because a lot of, and there, there's a lot of different factors as to why. Um, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day about, uh, actually it was in a comment thread about like the patriarchy and feminism and all that good stuff. And it was relatively condescending, um, the responses that I was getting as far as male mental health. I forgot what, I wish I remember what the meme said off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, but a lot of, a lot of male mental health still gets blamed on men. Um, and, you know, as a guy, I can, I definitely feel that and can get that and, and see that personally. So I'm very thankful for my tribe of, of people in my support system that really does check in on me and tries to make sure I'm doing all right and everything um, because that's that's very important and a lot of guys don't have that. And you see that like the suicide, I just saw a post um, that was saying the suicide rate for black men is on the rise higher than any other race. And, you know, it's it's, we're expected to be rocks. You know what I mean? We're expected to be like solid and we're expected to protect and provide. And a lot of us, to be completely honest with you, don't have the proper mental health to be a protector or a provider. Um, And I try my best. I do a combination to be honest with you. I try to be transparent. I do a combination of self-care and avoidance. I'm not going to lie. There's some aspects of my mental health that, and and my emotional state even, that I I just avoid. I try to dance around it. Um, We're all guilty of it, yeah. Yeah, so some stuff I take head on. I'm I'm definitely a type of person to where if something big, um, last month, for example, um, I've been kind of going through the whole uh, you know, questioning your own mortality, you know, you're over the, you, you, I'm getting closer to a certain age to where now I'm thinking about things a lot differently than I would, would have when I was like 25 or 17 or, you know what I mean? And it, it kind of started to get to me and then I lost a family member last month. And to be honest, 
Uh, th thank you. And to be honest, like it kind of sent me into a spiral because it hit so close to home. Um, just kind of suddenly and I was already kind of in a mind state. And I actually I had took a couple days off work. Um, but even before that, I had kind of it was a new job. I had kind of started dreading it already. And, you know, it wasn't even a terrible job, but it was just with everything going on in my mind, I wasn't there mentally for it. And so I, I actually wound up quitting my job. And I feel like things like that count as self-care. Yes. You know what I mean? If they're in the right, the right heart, you know what I mean? If you're, if you're, if you have the right intention, um, for me, it just, it wasn't a situation where I wanted to, sacrifice my mental health for the sake of a company. You know what I mean? And I feel like more people should do that. Like choose yourself. Like when it's not just jobs, but family members, friends, coworkers, like anything and anybody that's, that's really like darring you, everything ain't going to bring you peace people. You know what I mean? Everything, some stuff is going to stress you out and it's supposed to, to be honest. But some stuff is supposed to bring you peace. Some stuff is supposed to be of assistance to you. And if it's not when it's supposed to be or when it should be, you need to. And, and since then, I've gotten really aggressive about like hiring, firing, promoting and demoting in my life. You know, there are people that were here last year that ain't here now and ain't going to be here next year. There are people here this year that I, I'm not going to, you're not going to be here in six months. You're not going to be here in 90 days because I'm choosing me. You know what I mean? And it sounds selfish because it is selfish. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and you're allowed to be selfish sometimes. So what? that's kind of the spirit that I'm in right now. I'm, I'm, I'm focused well, on beautiful. me. And I'm right. really happy to hear you say that because I definitely have been feeling the same way. And, you know, as I spoke on my background with you earlier, just in transparency, it's like there's a mindset around people, especially like when you grow up in the hood and stuff. And it's not that they don't want to see you win. I, I, I'm still trying to figure it out myself, like what it is. But you really have to choose you. Like you really have to put you first and realize, because I don't. When I get to where I'm going, I'm not going to forget who was there for me. Right. I made that promise to God. I made that promise to myself. He knows my heart. He knows my soul. You know what I mean? But as for the times when I'm like, I can't make it to your party this weekend, or I can't make it here, and those people that want to react in a really outlandish way, I say, all right, do what you got to do. You know what I mean? But I understand the goals and the vision ahead. So you're not saying anything wrong, and I think more people – need to do that not out of ignorance but just like you said in choosing yourself right right i totally agree and it's 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 imperative you know what i mean mom because it's real easy to stretch yourself too thin and then you don't have enough for yourself you know the old saying about um pouring from an empty cup you, you can't. can't pour from an empty cup man you got at some point at some point that cup is going that's going to be it. Your battery is going to crash, whatever. And you're going to have to go back and do some shadow work. And you're going to have to go back and reevaluate. Is this person really for me like they maybe used to be or like they should be or like, you know, that kind of thing. And, you know, I actually had um, somebody that, that, that they've been following me for years um, we were cool for a while, but now it seems like the only time they jump on my page is when they I got something right. And it's like, you know, when I'm sending them music, they're ignoring it. When I'm telling them I got a new drop coming, they're ignoring. So the other day, um, I had hit her up and was like, Hey, check out my, um, check out my new music video. I got a new music video out. Check out my new music video. And she said something like, um, no, because the last time, or no, because you had said something that made me aggy, and so I'm waiting till I have a cooler. I'm, and all I said was okay. I'm not arguing with nobody. I'm not begging nobody. I'm not convincing nobody. I'm not gonna cuss you out. I'm not gonna blast you on social media. But when you come back to my page and it say add friend, or it say this page is not available, yeah. 
You know why? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you 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 have to choose you because there's going to be a lot of people that are just hanging around for just in case, or they hanging around for freebies, or they never really like, or they don't like what you're doing, but maybe they like you as a person. But it's kind of hand in hand here. You know what I mean? Story <laughs> so. of my life. But you know what I will say? You know what I will say to that fat boy? Keep doing what you're doing, and you're going to those people will come around because we know those people are fake, fake love. And you know who's really in your circle and showing you that consistent and real love, you know? So we know how that goes. You, you announce something, if they deem it big, they're all up in your comment section. They're all there praising you. But the times you're there and maybe you really needed them to pull up to the show, buy the ticket to come to the show. They, they were too busy or this or that, but let it be someone else. They're all up there, you know? So I definitely learned to just, when, like you said, you choose you, you have that passion, that consistency, and you know it's something that you're honestly working towards. No one or nothing can ever, like, truly, truly scare you away from that. And that's a great point because, and I'm going to take that back to when you were saying what's something you would change about the industry. Um, that's something that I would, a lot of people, not even artists, we, I'm going to like the fans and like the consumers and people that like just enjoy music. Yeah. A lot of people feel like if you tell an artist, I'm not feeling that song, I don't like your music like that, that it's, I don't want to crush nobody's dream. If you're an artist about your salt, one person, two people, 10 people, cannot crush your dream like this i've been doing this for years and years and decades now you know what i mean one person telling me they don't like my music is not gonna make me go home and cry myself to sleep and never do music again it's just not you know what i mean and so i wish more people outside of music would be okay with telling an artist hey you know and there's a difference between criticism and hate yeah. but yeah <laughs> but it's okay to tell an artist hey you know, I don't, maybe you shouldn't have did that song. Hey, uh, I, you know, I'm not really feeling your music. Could you just not send me the stuff to the, and it's not going to crush a dream. It's just going to let us, because there's only so much time, effort, money, budget, um, ad spend, whatever the case may be in at a time. So there's no point in me wasting any of that energy and investment on somebody that's genuinely not interested. You know what I mean? So if you tell me, hey, your posts are getting on my nerves, that's fine. I'm not going to cuss you out. I'm not going to blast you on social media. Oh, are you a hater? Until you right. want to follow me. Because why are you following right. me? <laughs> right. Because if, yeah. if you don't tell me, if you don't tell me, I'm just going to keep sending. If you tell me, then for me, that's like somebody unsubscribing. You know what I mean? If you tell me, hey, I don't want your correspondence anymore. Cool. Don't be mad when I unfriend you and unfollow you because I'm clearing out my list for people that are interested. I'm not mad at you. I don't hate you. Yeah. I'll transfer you over to one of my personal pages. We can kiki and laugh under memes all day. You know what I mean? We still be cool. But if you're going to sit on the page, I'm going to send you my stuff. If you're watching me right now and you're planning on following me, when I drop a new music video next month, I'm going to send it to your inbox. Straight okay? Up. <laughs> so... <laughs> And I don't, I don't send a lot of stuff because I know about spam and badgering people. I really try not to send too much correspondence. But when it's something big and I know I need views or votes or something like that, I'm going to hit you. You know what I mean? So you need to let me know, hey, don't hit me. And I will slide you to the side. But if you don't tell me that, if you don't tell me that, you're getting all the emails, you're getting all the inboxes, you're getting the text messages, you're getting the flyers, you're getting the tags, like all of that. Keep doing it. Right. <laughs> and, you know, even for myself, like, being in the media space and on that side of things, I tell artists, like, you know how many times I've sat here, I've interviewed with someone, I'm like, bro, it's not that I don't fuck with you, I just have a lot of shit coming in. So when you have new stuff that drop, if you have anything, send it to me, just send it to me. Keep sending it to me, because, yes, I do have lists that I'm trying to maintain, but also, I'm also human. Send it to me so I can see it there, so I can share it and post it. I'm not one of those people that are like, like even when we were setting up, like you have your options, you know what I mean? And I'm not treating anyone differently because I really do respect people and how hard they work for things. So I understand, you know, 
But what you do need to do is definitely keep putting yourself out there and not like being easily discouraged. Um, mm -hmm. If there was something that you could share with other artists out there that have helped you like through your hard times building and you're still building, you know, I know you've given a lot of fruit tonight, but what is one of the last things you would like share to say, this is something you artists really need to hear, know, or whatever just comes to your spirit? Um, honestly, I'm going to say the same thing that I say. I say this in pretty much every interview because this is kind of my motto. Yeah. Keep doing you, somebody going to feel it. Okay? Mm -hmm. And that's actually in the bio on my Instagram page. Keep doing you, somebody going to feel it. Because it's real easy to get discouraged when you get two likes. It's real easy to get discouraged when you get 100 views and you just knew you was going to, you just knew this was going to be the hit. Yeah. And you know what I mean? But keep doing you, somebody going to feel it. And the people that do feel it, those are the people that you rock with. The people, no response is a response. The people that you send the stuff to and they don't hit you back, they don't say, hey, I'm at work, I'll check it out later. Hey, I saw it and it's hot or nothing. That ain't your tribe. But the people, like you said, there are people out there that are like, hey, send it to me. I know I'll be busy, you know, and if I don't watch it right away, just shoot me a little reminder. Those are the people you need to worry about, man. And I, I, I struggle with that sometimes. I work on that sometimes. Um, and I'm still, you know, I'm still striving and trying to, to, to embed that within myself. But it's definitely something that I tell other artists, don't be too stressed about these vanity metrics because they watch it. They may not like it. They may not share it. They may not comment it, but they saw it. They saw it. And somebody that see it is going out the blue, hit you up and be like, bro, your song Toast was hot. You know what I mean, bro? That last music video you dropped, you know what I mean? I've had complete strangers on Instagram that I've never talked to, messaged, tagged, or nothing hit me up out the blue and be like, bro, your shit hot. Where can I find out more? You know what I mean? And now they're subscribing to the email list on my website and subscribing to my YouTube channel. Those are the people you need to rock with. The millions of other people that may not have even heard your stuff, don't know you exist, that do know you exist and just ain't paying you no mind. The other piece of advice I always say, in case you forgot, Fuck them. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm telling you. Because they're always going to come, they're always going to come back around, you know? Um, fake or not, they're always going to come back around. Uh, <laughs> Fat Boy, I really, really enjoyed the conversation with you today. You're like such a genuine spirit, and I'm really happy when I'm able to like speak to people I've kind of met via the internet, listening to their catalog, and they are who they say you are who they say they are. So I definitely do pick up that from you. And hopefully, you know, when I'm out in Carolina, we can definitely like link up, come to a show and definitely show you, you know, some more support. And I'm gonna tell you now, make sure you send me your things when it drops. Don't ever feel like you're annoying me. I just have a lot of stuff coming in. So I need people to remind me, <laughs> you know what I mean? And that is how we build each other up. Me posting you, on my blog whether it's paid or not it takes nothing away from you like and i and i think a lot of people make that mistake and they're just like oh well you ain't got no money for me i'm not like and i understand but i don't know i believe in a higher power as well and god is always in control so definitely anyone listening to this conversation now or later on when it's posted just please listen to everything that way is said tonight and Really believe in yourself and continue yep. to just go hard and fuck them. Right. <laughs> fuck them. In case you forgot, fuck them. Because it's, it's real easy. It's real easy to get, get you know, oh, they didn't, that this person didn't like my da da da. And honestly, it's not always going to, the people that like your stuff are not always going to be the people that you want to like your stuff. Exactly. It's always surprising. <laughs> so, yeah. So Rock with your crowd. Sorry, fat boy. No, I was saying rock with your tribe. That's that's what I say. Rock with your tribe. Facts. And <laughs> um, I'd love for you to let everyone know where they can follow you, where they can support you, where they can tap into your network. I tried to pin it at the bottom there, but just honestly, yeah. just let everyone know who you know is not watching where they can hit you up. Oh yeah, um, it's real easy. I'm the fatboy.com. It's like my um my IG name with dot com at the end of it and that's literally where you can find music 
press, music videos. I do artwork. Hit me up if you need graphic designs. My brand new music video, which is actually a short film yeah. directed by Visual Dynasty, produced by The Chef. That's actually up there right now. I got a I cover review. I watch that. That's why I didn't ask too much about it. But this won't be the last time that we're speaking. So. Oh, yeah. And and um, I got a new single coming next month. The cover reveal and the single, you know, announcing the single and everything will be on March 1st. Um, I got merch up there. I mean, it just I'm the fatboy.com. And if you want to follow me on social media, I got all my social medias up there, too. So go to I'm the fatboy.com. Start there. And wherever you meet me at, that's where I'm going to be at waiting for you. Amazing. I want to say thank you, Fat Boy, so much for this beautiful conversation. You definitely didn't waste any time and negativity. You ate fruit, minded your business. And that's what we're all about. So I have been trying a new thing because, not really a new thing, but my spirit has just been telling me, I want you to end this conversation out tonight. Whatever's on your heart, your spirit, you feel like you were able to say, you know, I'm giving you the last words tonight before we close out. Um, I want to shout you out. I definitely want to say thank you for having me on, but also thank you for giving artists the platform like this. Um, you know, especially indie artists, it can be tough to, to, to find stuff like this in the, in the half, um, things like this to where you can talk about your art and what you have going on. So I always want to shout out, um, the curators and the organizers of, of, of these podcast blogs all of that stuff, because you don't have to. You could be anywhere in the world, but right now you're sitting here talking to me. You know what I mean? <laughs> Thank you. So I definitely want to shout you out, but I, I want to, for everybody, not just artists, I definitely always just want to reiterate that keep doing you, somebody going to feel it thing, because there's a lot of people out there that feel like they have to stifle who they are. They have to apologize for who they are. Be who you are, man. If you're the weird, nerdy anime loving guy do that you know what i mean if 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 you like you know mukbang videos do that you know what i mean if you like right you know what i mean <laughs> i mean wh whoever you are whatever you are be that um because everybody else is taken you know what i mean everybody so be who you are and and if they don't like it fuck them real talk they don't have to like it they, you don't need their approval <laughs> down, 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 down. Hi guys, this fat boy. You guys make sure you're following him. Tap that upper corner of the screen. And I want to say thank you so much, King. And remember to keep sending me in. We'll definitely chop it up. This won't be the last time. And thank you guys for tuning in and giving us your time. I know you guys, as you said, you could be anywhere in the world, but you're here with us. So thank you guys so much for tapping in. I'm your girl, Kay. This has been a beautiful conversation with Fat Boy. And I hope you guys have a wonderful evening. And remember, don't waste no time with negativity. At all. <laughs> <laughs> Downtown. Downtown.